0: All right, all right, all right, day two hundred and thirty-one. Welcome back to Windows and Mirrors Podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in the thick of the book uh Zechariah, and Zechariah has been having these night visions. Now remember, Zechariah is a prophet, he's a prophet uh in the post-exilic period or the post-exilic community. All that means is is that God's people went into exile. And now they're back <laughs> they're back in the land. We back outside was good, right? So they're back in the land and God has raised up this prophet Zechariah and Haggai. We talked about Haggai a few days ago, but Zechariah as well. And he's having these visions from the Lord. Now, remember, prophets have dreams and visions and God reveals himself to them uh, through these dreams and visions. And they speak on behalf of God to the people. Now, it's interesting because uh, this is the sixth vision and we have this scroll in chapter five and the scroll here in this vision in the first one uh, represents God's law. And the text even explicitly says that it is the curse, hear this, that is going out over the whole land and it is against the thieves and those who swear falsely and all the lord is trying to say is that listen the text is getting at the idea of that israel needs to be changed <laughs> they need to be cleansed this is things these were things and sins that characterized god's people now remember the visions were about telling the people about their current reality why what happened to them had it happened to them and what will happen to them in the future and so god is like no no, no. like y'all hands were dirty fam like y'all were guilty of injustice right social injustice Justices and sin that that um that scripture would say is actually the breaking of God's covenant. And the thing I think we learn here, because remember last time we talked about how God made this promise to come dwell with his people, right? Even after the exile. Um, the thing we learn here though is that sin must be dealt with before God can come dwell with his people, right? Sin must be dealt with before God can come dwell with his people. God is holy, holy. Holy vision seven comes and there's this woman sitting in a basket. I know it sounds weird, um, but it's symbolism and it represents the uh, centuries of rebellion that Israel had been guilty of before. And God mentions her being carried off to the land of Shinar. Hmm. Now, the land of Shinar, the land of Shinar is actually Babylon, right? It's another name for Babylon. It's really interesting um, because when you look at the Tower of Babel, uh, it's, it's near the, the, the place of Shinar and uh it's talking about uh babel is babylon. Anyway, babylon is everywhere. And so many uh, uh literary and theological connections we can make, but save before another time. Um but uh yeah, so so they have been carried off to babylon as we talked about. And he talks about the fact that um when the woman gets there to babylon, she will worship at a shrine, right? And all the text is getting at is the concept that is pervasive throughout the old testament and that's idolatry, right? Israel Went into exile because they were guilty of idolatry, right? Like they were worshiping other gods, right? And the woman going off um, is showing that idolatry doesn't belong in Jerusalem, right? Like it belongs amongst the other nations, it belongs in Shinar. And some would say it even represents the idea that if Israel was still on that foolishness uh post-exile their fate could end up being the same again it's interesting because when you look at the post-exilic period in the uh old testament so the books we've been working through recently and even if you look um uh in in books that uh, that date after the old testament um second temple period you don't see one of the things you don't see is uh israel worshiping idols right like that's one sin that many have many scholars have pointed out is that like no no when they came back into the land <laughs> like they seem to have got the message right even though they had a bunch of other problems one thing that you did not see uh was um those early jews uh worshiping idols so again the lord hates idolatry right and that's that's something he wants his people uh to get vision eight last uh vision of the joint and uh basically Uh, It's similar to the first vision. So um, both of those kind of form a bracket or an inclusio uh, around all of the visions. And they both represent God's sovereignty, right? God is uh, sovereign. He is the ruler of rulers, king of kings. He is in control of those who are in, who seem to be in control, right? And so you have these four chariots coming, uh, some going north and some going south, and they are patrolling the earth. And the text literally says, my spirit is sending them but it is also at rest right and so God through the work of his spirit will mediate his presence over the earth right and destroy his enemies in the process and he is sovereign enough to do so and I think um, the text is trying to tell us that but I love the back half of this chapter in chapter 6 because verses 9 and 15 give this climax to the entire section where he's going to summon remember my man Joshua Joshua not that Joshua but Joshua uh, the high priest and the one we spoke about before and he says he is the branch (laughs) and here he actually puts a crown on him and he says he will serve uh essentially he will serve as a foreshadowing of the messiah now remember in ancient israel um the offices were uh separate so the priests the king and the prophets usually weren't uh uh, from like so priests and kings at least were from uh different lines right kings were from the line of of david priests were from the line of levi and so to have the two cross in the old testament was unheard of uh, there were some prophet priests like moses ezekiel but never pri- uh priest kings right uh except mechizedek he's an exception anyway um but so you see here though that that again the the foreshadowing of the messiah is somebody who would be uh this priest king right and jesus is our great high priest and our great king who's on the throne before us um and so as i said before this merging of the two offices points to the lord jesus christ and then his name is joshua right so uh if you know anything about uh hebrew names right Joshua is very similar to Yeshua, right? And so uh Jesus comes and fulfills this with so much wordplay. And it seems like God is uh, priming the pump, right? God is priming the pump. He is uh wet in their palace, he is managing their expectations, right, for this Messiah, for this king, right? And what we see is that there is still a noted need for obedience, right? And the beauty of the gospel is that we have this king who comes and obeys for us and obeys where we can't, which leads us by his spirit to obey. As well so in chapter seven comes um, what happens is again there were folks in Bethel right so uh, they come to Jerusalem and they seek and they're seeking the Lord's favor now remember Bethel is in the north right in this time we must remember ancient Israelites where we're we're, we're in the north and the south and Bethel was where many of the northern tribes uh, uh, worshipped right so the northern kingdom and there were some who were still there right so remember uh, that everybody didn't go into exile there were some who still in the land anyway um, they come to Jerusalem and they the text says that they had lamented and they had fasted right every fifth and seventh month for seven years and now they go up to Jerusalem and basically ask the religious leaders there, should we continue? Should we continue in our fasting that we've been doing for the 70 years that the S- southern kingdom was in exile? Now it's interesting how the Lord responds here through Ze- Zechariah. And essentially they ask him a question, but he asked them a question, right? He says, When you fasted for 70 years, was that really for me, right? Or was it for yourselves? In other words, Was it really out of a concern for the loss of my favor? And if you stop, does that mean an abandon abandonment of my concern and favor? In other words, the Lord is trying to see whether they were truly penitent, whether whether they were truly repentant or were they just posturing. Right. Um, He says. Like some of y'all were crying because y'all got caught, right? Like y'all weren't really crying because y'all were remorseful in the way you sinned before the Lord. And I think that's a piercing question we ought to ask ourselves, right? The way we go about uh, the rituals of repentance, right? The way we apologize to the Lord. Are we really remorseful that we've sinned against a good, gracious, perfect, loving, holy God who has done nothing but good to us? Or are we just upset with the consequences right and the lord says no, no no like i really want this to be about your heart and then he says i want you to actually change fam the lord of armies says this verse 9 make fair decisions show faithful love and compassion to one another do not oppress the widow or the fatherless the resident alien or the poor and do not plot evil in your hearts against one, the, one another in other words the word of the lord ain't changed right what god requires from us won't change the same things he was holding cats to back in the day in the torah right is the same thing he's holding us to now the lord wants them and us to learn from our mistakes right um so that we can live for him faithfully in the present chapter eight comes last of this bunch and god is constantly reaffirming that he will bring his presence to his people he will bring his presence to his people he says that those days of mourning right on the fifth and seventh month will be transformed into spaces of celebration listen the lord has the power and has the willingness right he is willing to turn spaces of grief in our life into spaces of gladness and God is speaking here of the way in which he will dwell with his people. And that comes to fruition in the person and work of Jesus. Right. And he says, I will be they will be my people and I will be their God. And he talks about this restoration of Jerusalem. Right. He says this will be a place of peace. Old folk, young folk, right, all kicking it together in Jerusalem. And I love what he says at the end because it's so, it's so piercing. He says, the Lord of Armies says this, though it may seem impossible <laughs> to the remnant of his people in those days, should it also seem impossible to me? This is such a word because he says, I know it It by the looks of things. It seems like I'm just talking. It seems as if my promises are impossible and they're actually unlikely, right? And it and, and and what you see around you actually makes you skeptical of the very things I've promised in my world. Right? Jerusalem is uninhabited. It is desolate. The way that the prophets talk about Jerusalem in this time is as if it went to its pre-creation state in Genesis chapter one, formless and void, right? and what the lord is saying like no 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 like like i promise you that this will not be the same and i think the same thing happens to us right like we look out in the world and we see how tough the world is how tough life is how how bad things are and we say god do you really promise to make all things new and he does right the beauty of the gospel the beauty of scripture is that god has promised and uh to do so to make all things new to restore every single thing um and he's proved that he's going to do it in the person and work of jesus right like who who was promised to come and to die and to resurrect and god fulfilled those promises and if he fulfilled those then he can fulfill these as well let's pray god we ask for faith lord uh, regardless of what we see with our eyes We pray that our ears will be our primary organ of faith and that we would listen to what you say. We know that the reason that Israel and Judah went into exile is because they didn't listen, God. I pray that we would learn from our ancestors' mistakes, Father, so that we could live before you in a way that is pleasing to you. It's in Christ's name we pray.